Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of Moonshine and Music, the perfect music show. My name is Joe Shelton, and I'm your host, and I want to welcome all of you here today. Please don't fast forward today if you usually do that to get the performance, because I want to make sure that you hear the introduction, because it's a big episode for us. Also, I have a couple shout-outs to make first. I played a couple of weeks ago at a place called Susie's Basement, which is like a house show venue here in Indianapolis. And I had a wonderful experience. It was great to be in that listening room. Susie Sesnick is the person who runs this. And Susie has a Facebook group that's called Susie's Basement. Please go join her group. Um, and then go to any of these shows. I, if you see who the artists are that are coming up, I think Paul Burris and Will Scott are on the list. Go to those little house shows and those little places and the listening rooms, and you get to hear so much about the artists, and there's like such a cool interaction there in the room as the music goes on, and it's good for both the artists and the fans who uh, you know want to learn more about them and more about their music. It's sort of like a live version of this show uh, in another way, um, so but with a really in-depth and long uh, show, you know. So uh, please go check out Susie's Basement. Secondarily, if you want to see me live and in concert, I am playing uh, the Acoustic Brews Tour this summer, as most of you probably know. And on May 11th and 12th, I will be playing shows. May 11th is in Brownsburg, Indiana at Books and Brews. And May 12th in Lafayette, Indiana at Digby's Pub. If you come to those shows, you're going to see uh, an acoustic program, but we're also going to have my lead guitarist, Todd Blower, there uh, to play along with me and make the show just that much more epic. So please come and join us at one of those venues. If you need the uh, details of any of that, go to my website. It's uh, mrjoeshelton.com, and you can see all the tour information there. Today's show is fantastic. Uh, we have an incredible artist. We have a national artist today. Her name is Jenny DeVoe. And if you don't know Jenny DeVoe, uh, you've probably been uh, missing out for quite a long time. She's been an a artist with multiple albums, uh, nationally charting albums. Uh, she's played on big, giant stages with people like Sting and John Hyatt and Bonnie Raitt. Um, so if you don't know about Jenny, today is your chance to get to meet her. And that's just what this show is about. Sometimes we're going to bring you some of the bigger artists that may already be well-known and you may know them greatly. And that's today's show. Other time you may get to learn about a new person who's just started playing and hasn't even got a record out yet. So that's kind of the vibe that we want to bring here. We want to shine the moonshine on the music and that means sometimes it's the really big artists and sometimes it's the really small ones but please check out all of them because we believe that you know music is uh the way to people's souls and the way to learn more about our human nature and um so you know check it all out for all those reasons we have now this seventh episode uh, one thing I also want you to know about Jenny DeVoe is that she's a really down-to-earth person in person. Um, you know, despite doing a lot of big shows and playing with a lot of big people and playing, you know, in very big venues around the country and selling a lot of records, uh, she is still a really cool person who came from Muncie, Indiana, which is also my hometown, and she went to college with me, full disclosure. Uh, she graduated a couple years before me. We both were in the telecommunications department there. Uh, but her passion and drive are what I find quite extraordinary. And, you know, working with her on this episode, it's like, it's just so pervasive and it's like a really, um, uh, interesting thing, uh, sometimes to see how other people do their music 
And that's one of the things that I've kind of gotten out of this show, and especially with this episode, because she has um, so much passion, and it's very extraordinary. Um, and you're going to get to see that in today's show. And she brought along with her uh, Paul Holdman, who's her songwriting partner and a great guitarist, and he's going to perform very well. But he's also in the interview, and you'll get to learn a little bit about him, which uh, I think is... Uh, uh, exciting as well. The, there's so much insight to be gained from today's interview and at the end of the show just a magnificent performance. The Garage has not seen anything like this so far. I'm sorry, it's no offense to anyone. It's just a really, really, really uh, epic uh, performance today um, and I would be very proud to have you come and watch the rest of the show and then go watch all our back episodes because they're great too. Uh, but for now, let's check out my friend Jenny DeVoe right here on Moonshine and Music. Moonshine and Music. We're here today with Jenny DeVoe and her guitarist, Paul Holdman. Is that correct? I Hold, that Holdman, correct? yeah. Holdman. Holdman's. It's very nice to have you guys here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Um, so the, the, the show Moonshine and Music is um, geared toward getting people to know the artists up close and personal. So I'm going to ask you know some questions about how you grew up and all that stuff. We're, not, we're really not so, going to answer anything. You're not answering anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We will. All right. <laughs> So, uh, you know, tell us about where you grew up. And Well, I grew up in Muncie, and I see that you've got your jar of moonshine here. And I uh, had a lot of friends who had a lot of relatives down in Tennessee and Kentucky. And um, and so we were, are very familiar with moonshine from my little town. But, yeah, I had a great, a great childhood in Muncie, Indiana, and uh, ended up staying there and going to Ball State as well and getting a degree there, with, which I do nothing with. So I, I grew up in Muncie also. What yeah. schools did you go to? Um, I went to Little Westview Elementary. I went to McKinley Middle School. I went to Muncie Central. And then I went to Ball State. And then I was a little ahead of you. So I graduated in, I think I graduated in 92. Yeah. Yeah, I was 94. Yeah. So, yeah. You were I, a child. See, I had like the parallel path over at Grissom and Wilson and Southside. Oh, yeah. I had a, well, I had a bunch <laughs> of Southside friends. These are my friends who... Uh, well, actually, a lot of the central people did have the kind of the moonshine connection. But, you know, Muncie's such a small town there. It was like learn to entertain yourself. So I think that's where a lot of my imagination came from. Paul's from a super small town in Kentucky, and he used to walk barefoot to school. So he's, you know, talk about barefoot? small no. town. You, had, you, you, you had the option too. of going barefoot. I, and I, you I, did, I, didn't you? I, I think one time I, I took my shoes off while I was at school because you were allowed to. Oh, so See, you, like where that. in Kentucky? What town? This was well. This was when I lived with my uncle in Madisonville, Kentucky, where I was born. Uh, but I, I just lived there for about a year on his farm, and, and uh, the school was called Nebo uh, Elementary. And uh, I just remember uh, seeing some kids walking around without their shoes on or sock feet. And uh, I asked the teacher, I said, "Is this an option?" And, and 
she said uh yeah i mean there's some kids around here that they they're pretty poor and they can't you know they can afford shoes but they like to preserve their shoes and then when we let them walk around so yeah i like I, it I, it was fun it was nice if, if we had gone barefoot to school in muncie we would have been stabbed <laughs> <laughs> at least taken out back right yeah like what's like, wrong with you my yeah. mom would have probably done that right yeah exactly <laughs> you would have liked it jenny i would have loved it and you know i mean i do still sing barefoot and it's not just a uh trying to be groovy thing it is a thing where i sing better if i am barefoot and I, I i don't have socks on right now and we're cold i mean it's snowy out and i just think maybe i'm just more one with the ground and have balance better but i sing better when i'm barefoot well i've heard that a lot do you so do you throw a rug on the stage whenever you do whenever For you're sure. singing to yes. make sure that you have a spot yes some dangerous places if not well splinters nails and and also just the grounding effect of electricity being around you is not too bright to do if you don't have a a rug uh, you know i i being a, a larger gentleman have had some experiences with stages being also un unbalanced yeah like you know uh, i can really if i step up there and it's okay then everybody else is going to be all right <laughs> do they make you go up but, first no well, you know don't i don't do think it. that they do that but there's know. a bass player joke do you know the bass player joke Oh, What's the bass player? How do you know if a stage is even? There's drool coming out both sides of the bass player's <laughs> mouth. And it, actually, a wow. bass player told me that, so I, I tell it, Jeff Stone told me that joke, <laughs> along with some stupid singer jokes, but yeah. Well, you know, they, they have the there's, the, there's the bass player and the drummer jokes and the singer jokes. I like them. You know, they're, they're a, a staple of our culture. Yeah, they, they don't get old. So, um, what, uh, how old were you when you started playing? I still don't feel like I play. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, feel like... Writing songs and et cetera. You know what? I wrote my first real song in 1993. So I moved to Indianapolis, and I had, at Ball State, tried to convince myself that I would do counseling psychology or something with telecommunications, because that's what my degree's in. And... Um, the minute I moved here, it's just like it began again. It's just like, because I, I did like garage bands and stuff when I was in um, Muncie. But I, I just always loved singing more than thinking I was a writer. And I, and the minute I started trying to write songs, it was like, it's just like a world opened up. It's almost like the sky opened up. So I wrote my first song in uh, probably 1993 and it's called Born to be Bad. We still play it today. And uh, I tried to change it one time at a, a session in Nashville with a really cool guy who was trying to do some stuff with me. But I've reverted back to the original. It is what it is. And I wrote it with Bonnie Raitt in mind, who I hope one day will sing it. Not it like still Alex. holds up. Yes, absolutely. Oh. So it, it, is that like, you know, this is a really strange question and I'm, I'm gonna like preface it for a moment. I um, I used to, when I first got out of school, I worked down in Nashville on music videos. Yeah. And one of the people that I worked with on one of the first videos was Kathy Matea. And being a stupid kid, I asked her what her favorite song was. And I got this like diatribe about how it's like selecting one of your kids. However, I personally, My like, is Sorry. I have favorite songs that are the songs I've written. And like, you know, so I don't think right. it's such a weird thing. Is that like your favorite one? Like the first one you wrote? Or no, you it's not. I'm still trying to achieve that. I feel differently 
uh, about that. I think I like I like leaving performing live all the time, like never stopping for 20 years, is kind of like. I, I think if 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 songs were like children, you would want your children to move out at some point. <laughs> so you would abandon mm-hmm. them time to time and and wait for them to come back to you. And and my songs have come back to me in a way that they mean something completely different to me than when I first wrote them. It's really weird. Um, and and I have to wait till I can feel good about singing them on stage. So. I just kind of go through a thing, and I feel like I'm still trying to hone my craft, get better. I'll start listening to certain genres now, like the You Belong To Me song that we'll do for you later is um, a song that I wrote on piano, and I'm not a great piano player, but I wanted it to be sort of that 50s throwback. You know, when Amy Winehouse came out, I was like, I've always loved that kind of stuff and, and had really appreciated when she was around and kind of doing that retro style of you know modding it up but you know definitely has an old school feel some james bond some old you know stuff like that um but yeah i kind of go in and out of what means something to me at, at a certain time in my life and i still feel like i'm trying to achieve the fantastic wonderful perfect song and i tend to get over albums really quickly once i'm done with them they're done i might not listen to them again for a year like albums that that I've made that you've made yeah. So, what about you, Paul? Does that how how do you, do you have ones that are your favorites that you're playing when you're playing with Jenny or when you, that you've written with her or? Yeah, it's you, it's usually the ones that we kind of that are fresh and then I have a little bit of the same thing with with the songs and, and albums. I have a tendency to kind of put them aside and not want to like listen to them or revisit them for like kind of. Uh, it, it's usually pretty taxing to me. I don't know why to 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 write and to really go in and make a record, and uh, it's taxing in a good way, though. You know, it feels good to make them. Like it is, it's brutal. We've made records yeah. together, and it can be like uh, you go to a completely different headspace, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of neat to do your few CD release shows, mm-hmm. and then it's. Um, the song starts evolving from the record, yeah. and you're like, "Oh." I like when that happens. I yeah. like when there's an evolution, I and do too. It, you feel you kind of. You said something to me one long time ago. I never forgot it. And I've always kind of had this adopted this philosophy as far as songs is, you have to get inside of a song, you know. Now I, I tell my students that my guitar students that it's like if you really want to be hired to play, you know, people want you to play in their band, you know get inside of the songs and they always look at me perplexed and I have to kind of come up with an explanation for that. But to me, it's it's like, you know, when a song evolves, you know, you play it many times, but you don't just, you just don't cookie cutter it. You, you get inside of it and see where else you can take it and see if it can kind of, you know, give you a different uh, meaning and, and feeling, if that makes any sense. It makes good sense. I And I concur with that. It is definitely, and it is a hard thing to explain, but getting into enjoying it after you've done it for the 100th time mm-hmm. means that you're grateful for it, that you're really grateful that you got to write it, um, that you still appreciate the song. And in that way, maybe it is like it's a kid. To take a song for granted just because you have a show and you have a following and you show up and you're like, yay, everybody, you know, bought a ticket, here we are, and then you just push go. 
um, I, I like nothing more than when I am getting ready to make a record and we have to rehearse what we're getting ready to do and everybody's a little bit hesitant. It's so wonderful to me because it's never going to be like that again. It just gets, it gets washed over so much once people have something in their heads. Um, it, it can take off on its own and people tend to go different directions on a stage after they're together on a stage forever and ever and ever then that moment is is gone so to remind everybody to get back into the middle of it and just go we should really be grateful anybody one person wants to come see us let alone 10 let alone 100 and if this doesn't mean anything to us it sure won't touch anybody you know so then and it can be your song or somebody else's i have as much feeling in some of my cover songs I'm doing now, uh, uh, one Mercy Now and then a Patty Griffin song, Up to the Mountain. I'm so in the middle of those right now that I can almost not get through them because they create so much emotion for, you know, what's going on in the world today. And so I always want to, then I can bring that back to my songs and go, you love that so much. Do that with your stuff, you know, get back into the middle of it and think while you're going along. Don't think ahead to the next line. You ask me if I ever forget lyrics. If I think ahead to the next line, I'm lost. So I almost have to just op- the open the Rolodex and go, oh, there's the song title and let your let it unfold for you, too. If you think too far ahead or you think, oh, I can't wait for a break or I can't, you know, you know, I can't think like that. So my favorite shows are my scariest shows. When I'm on stage, lights go down, everybody's there, and they're expected to be quiet. When that kind of thing is presented to you, you better know what to do with it. And it's a blessing, and I hope I never take it for granted. I hope it's always there, you know. Well, you know, as someone who plays in a lot of places where people are having dinner, yeah. Having them actually quiet and listening is yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? And winning them over is also an art. And so that I don't think will ever go away either. I'm humbled by that yeah. forever as well because I have those too. Yeah, the, those uh, the, the moments when you really feel like they're listening, uh, even if it's like, you, uh, you know, I've played uh, recently and I had, you know, like five people over here having dinner and the rest of them are having a conversation. Yeah. And then suddenly I see a couple of them like, you know, look at you actually paying attention and yeah. kind of singing the chorus to your song that, you know, they've never heard until 10 minutes ago. Right. You know, until like you started singing. Right. <laughs> you know, that's really cool. Yeah. Like if you've got one that's catchy enough that they've caught on to the chorus or whatever, you yeah. know, and those are the ones that you want to play over and over. Yeah. Know. And there's that little thing between you. There's like a thing, like all of a sudden you're connected to whoever is embracing that there's a thing that you go right to there and the audience comes right to here and it's like you can't expect it so it's almost like you have to work for it every single time it's music joy connects people that's the best part about music not that it sounds good but it right. connects people right you could be flat and pitchy all night long but if you've got your guard down once you're vulnerable that that's when it happens if you go in with any kind of attitude or cockiness or whatever i mean it it works on you and you can it can happen all the time but you can get reminded at a show like like be vulnerable like let it down and let them reach you and let you reach them and don't think ahead to the end of the night there is something i do always think ahead of and, and we've talked about this before and that is we look forward to monday 
in it. But the, it, it, Mondays are no fun if you're if you don't have if you have not had a joyful experience with your music because we play you know on the weekends all the time. I think I've played all so many weekends for the last twenty five years, and it's like. I don't really have weekends free, and when I do, I really appreciate it, but I really appreciate Mondays when I can think to what what was special about the weekend, what was special about a show. So I had one of those on Saturday, which was fun. Yeah, and you played That's why my nose is running. Yeah, can I have a Kleenex, Brandon? Brandon, can I have a Kleenex right behind you? Right behind you? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, Brandon. that's Brandon. That's Brandon. That's right over here. Like I'm so focus. sorry. It's, so it's sorry. All right, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> so you, you played up at the uh, the Muncie Gras. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously we we record the show and it'll be in a few weeks before yeah. it gets out there. But you played in the Muncie Gras. Yeah. And you were telling me it was like what? Super cold. Thirty degrees. Mm -hmm. And there we were in a tent and there was you know some heat coming in, but then we raised the side of the tent so. You know, people could get in and and uh, crowd in, and and it was so fun. But I was also trying to look cool, so I had like a thin jacket on, you know, and because I did I did wear my big puffy coat. But um, you know, Showtime, you can't be oh, you puffy could. coat. You, you can't be puffy coat know. girl on stage. Uh, I could. There is there is no pride when it's thirty degrees. Throw, I would have thrown on the biggest fluffiest whatever, <laughs> probably a hat that I could pull down over my face. I mean. It's this brutally cold. You know, I it's since it's since it's hometown, I just I dropped the puffy coat and and kinda got my game face on and it was super fun. And we were we were pretty warm on stage. There was some good warm lighting too. I always dig playing uh, up in Muncie when I go home, and um, I, I would think I was there St. Patrick's Day, and it was just really cool playing. Where were you playing St. Patrick's Day? A, a house show, actually. At I Long love Campus. house shows. Like, uh, uh, I was playing a, a house show, and there were a bunch of college kids there, Yeah. and it was really cool because I hadn't played a college party since, like, 1994. Yeah. And <laughs> so, was it like a frat party? No. Okay. No, it was just in a, in a normal house. It was nice. actually a benefit for something called Soapbox, which is a zine. Um, cool. And they were trying to raise money for their zine, and they invited me to come play. Nice. Um, and you know, a zine is uh, like this little mini magazine. Yeah. And Soapbox highly recommends. That's it. kid talk for magazines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, but it's like a little home magazine. If you find, if you come across a copy of it, it's really cool. Okay. Uh, they they like pass them around from people to people because they only print like a hundred copies. Cool. So they like, and they have like a little thing that you sign in inside it. Nice. Yeah, I like so, that. I don't know if you've ever come across one of those, but it's really interesting. No, I'm a germ phobe now, so I don't like hand me a zine. Age, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, don't hand. <laughs> I don't want to know if it's got 43 signatures on it. Yeah. Then I'm not touching that. I'll put, I'll put a pair of gloves on. No, I I, I have started to get like that because I because we can't get sick for a show. <laughs> right. So I'll go I'll go to uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter, and it's like I call ahead and I'm like, is anybody sick? And they're like, well, so-and-so's had a cold. And I'm like, well, okay. So then I know who to kind of like air hug <laughs> like that. Do you wear like the mask in? No, or? not yet. You haven't gotten to that yet? No, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I guess what had happened when you were, uh, you guys were talking about like the songs that, um, you know, we were talking about favorite songs. But what's your process before you like go in to record one? I think um, you have, uh, I, I forget how many albums, a lot of them. Um, 
10? 10, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, uh, before the show, uh, before you were going to do the show, I, I thought, I think she has like six or seven, you know? I think six and, studio albums. Yeah. So Does She Walk on Water and Ta-da, and then Here on Earth, and then Strange Sunshine, Fireworks, Cries, Radiator, Fireworks, and Karate Supplies. So I think six. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think six, and then three live. I said Strange Sunshine, and then like two live, four live actually now. Yeah, four. So five maybe. I've got a little Christmas CD too that that we put together from just different things that I actually really love. And I put a John Hyatt song on there, and I really don't push that because I want to get some artwork made for that one and then blue sky big sun record which is also one of my favorite non like you know fantastically released but um yeah i just i gotta take time to kind of do some of that that stuff so when you're putting them together and you're you know you've written some songs right before you go in to record do you guys like get together and like rehearse the song like that do you go in the studio and try to like work out the structure of what it's going to be. I'm kind of sneaky. I I tend to record like if if I'm like Paul, I got some ideas, come over, we start writing. I record that and then I know what parts of those I really like and then I will structure, you know, verse, I'll kind of structure the song. And and Paul just kind of goes on his way and he might even forget what we did. I mean, but he is when we're writing super present. And he, these guys don't know like the stuff that I capture from them. I like capturing the stuff like that better than if I put the pressure on people. It's it's a, just a mind melt when you put pressure on people to go. We're going into the studio, so we got to get together for the week ahead. I know people do do that. For me, I, I felt like my best record ever was Fireworks and Karate Supplies. And there was a lot of stress around it because we were going to England for the first time to work with John Parrish. Um, there was also something really beautifully organic about, we were all pretty unsure. We had never even met John face to face. I'd only started talking to him. So we went over there and we had, you know, it was a really, um, I took Paul and then I took Brett and then we built the record without a band just with John Parrish. I had to rebuild the songs too. Yeah, we rebuilt them, and I was playing stuff from my phone, my mini disc yeah. recorder on a John really. John would go run, get in there and play drums. Yeah. And grab them. So you said mini disc recorder. You're oh, first yeah. using that, like in the recent. Past? That was 2004. So oh, that okay. was in, in 2002 to 2003, into 2004. It, listen, when technology. So, uh, some technology hits me that I love, which was the mini disc recorder, and I learned to use that. I, you almost had to pry it from my hands because I loved it so much. Because I, I was really in charge of, you know, and I could also piece some stuff together from it. And I'm not an engineer, but that was probably the closest that I came. And then I would put some stuff on disc and go, Paul, this was you and me in my living room last year, and this is what we're gonna do in two weeks with John. And so the guys would have this stuff and they, I don't think, loved that. However, when we were there, I love it. doing it, <laughs> then we did love it. You didn't know though at the beginning, right? Like we knew it was like, I don't know, like we didn't have I've everything learned, planned. I love that process though. Yeah, and that is the, that is my favorite record still to this day. Fireworks and Karate Supplies was 
an organic building. And John Parrish made me write down like how I pictured it being. And I remember um, just having some T-bone Burnett sounds in my head and then some, um, I think I had referenced one song from Robert Plant and Alison Krauss for just the vibe. It was like a washy, haunting, ethereal kind of thing, Rich Woman, when they did Rich Woman. I sent that to John Parrish and he sent me back the original Rich Woman, which I can't remember who the artist was that originally did that, but he was on our page and then he was so good about keeping us to the task. Like if we overdid something, he would say, sounds like a bar song now. We've, got, we've gone too far. You know, he's, he's an artist. So he was a wonderful guy to work with. Yeah. So what, what's coming up? What's the new, uh, you got a new record coming? You have a... I'm going to write some stuff with Paul, but I wrote some stuff with my old boss, who's piano player, uh, Bill Mallers, because I had some stuff that I knew should be piano based. And um, I kind of wrote it on guitar and then I took it to Bill. We got through about 20 songs and I think there are probably five of those that I feel super super strongly about uh, i don't know where i'm gonna do the next one i'd love to do it here because flying to england is uh tasking and expensive <laughs> i did a kickstarter for my last record and that was like the most brilliant thing ever that anybody ever invented <laughs> it's like because i always dip into my own money to pay for records and it's hard it is. I um, I've experienced that same thing. Kickstarter, GoFundMe. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys coming in today, and Thank you're going to you. play some music for us. Yes, we're going to play some music for you. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for coming in today. Good luck Thanks with for this. Us. Thanks for having us. It's All an honor to be here. Thank you, and we'll be right back with Jenny Devoe live. Next week on Moonshine and Music, Yadin Cole will be in the studio. This new, young, exciting artist is going to bring us some epic tunes. And here's what they sound like. They will persecute your soul Just for not doing what you're told We will not buy the lies you sold We are beauty, we are bold We were all born to dance and sing We are kings and we are queens No one can come up in between What are your plan for you to be? Talking about true love Talking about true love Talking about true love Talking about true love Yeah, true love True love Talking about true love Get tick tick take it away They say there's a story No one will tell Is it true about say there's a man who will finally understand when you find 
blindly keep crawling along so you drink from the cup but it's never enough once you found true love they say there's magic so very tragic you give up your life true love and you need it so badly so very sadly true love is a ruin of you there are whispers it's true and girls in your view but you blindly keep crawling along so you drink from the cup but it's never enough once you have found true his name but it's never the same you can try but you will not find joy you can try to deny why you still cry you just miss those kisses from that boy cause there's a spell that you're under those ladies that when you're older that it you're like he's like this is kind of Las Vegas and I go I think it's happening right now I just think it's fun okay you ready? want us to do it again just keep going yeah okay this is called healer and I wrote this with Paul Mula, 
I, got, I appreciate you guys coming on the show so very much. Uh, it was just a wonderful program. It's been wonderful working with you guys, getting this show done. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and for tuning in to all the episodes. Please go watch the back episodes. Please subscribe to Moonshine and Music. You can do that on podcasts, uh, you know, on your podcaster, uh, Podbean, iTunes podcast, all that gypsy madness out there, or on YouTube. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, the video version of our show is always in full HD and has full HD quality audio, so you can hear it and you can project it up onto your 60-inch or your 55-inch or your 40-inch or 20-inch, whatever you want to put it on. Laptop, we don't care. iPhones, I mean, everybody watches it on their Android phone too. So anyway, I'm rambling, but I want to say thank you again for coming in and tuning in. Check us out next week when Yadin Cole will be here. Remember to go to eatnewmedia.com, our production company, and check out their wares. And if you need any video work done, and if you want to sponsor the show, get in touch with us, Joe at moonshineandmusic.com. Hey, I'll see you next week right here on Moonshine and Music.
Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Eat New Media in association with Not Less Entertainment. Producers for today's program are Brandon Lay and Joe Shelton. Be sure to join us next time on Moonshine and Music.